we're in a three-week sermon series called Endure, where we're looking at uh, what it means to live as people of endurance. Um, So I started us off last week by talking about why it is that we are called to endure, that we live uh, a life as Christian people, not on the sidelines waiting for Jesus to take us somewhere, but as people who have been given new life and new life that begins right now. Amen. So because this new life in Jesus begins right now, we live, we follow Jesus in the real world where there are real issues and obstacles and things that confront us. And so what I did last Sunday is just put seven of these things that we as Christian people can expect to confront on a regular basis. Reasons why a life of endurance is required for us. Um, and, and it was maybe a bit of a, a heavier sermon, though our anchoring idea and passage comes from Hebrews, where we learned that Jesus endured for us. That the only reason that we can even talk about living enduring lives is because Jesus has already endured for us. Amen. Jesus has already done something for us, endured his past tense. And Jesus now rules and reigns from the right hand of the Father, pointing us forward to the day when Jesus will make all things right. Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him, our salvation. We endure because Jesus endured. We are able to endure because Jesus endured for us. And so despite maybe these obstacles and these heavy things in front of us that require a life of endurance, we have hope. Amen? We have hope that we can endure. That whatever it is that we're facing, that whatever it is that you are facing, you can make it through. What does the author of Hebrews says? You will not be tempted beyond what you can endure, what you can bear. God will always provide a way out. This is the good news for us. Well, today, Romelia is going to talk to us about the how. How does this work for us? How do we live these kinds of enduring lives? I put in front of us the reasons why endurance is required. This morning we'll look at how this life is actually possible. And then next week we'll wrap it up by envisioning together what an enduring community would look like. We're not called to endure by ourselves. Amen? This is not a solitary life we live. We endure together. So we'll wrap up this series envisioning, dreaming together about what it would look like for a people, for us, to endure together as we follow God's mission in the world. Um, Many of you know that Romelia Williams is our uh, pastoral intern here. She's studying at North Park Seminary. She was uh, deeply involved with our church before God tapped her on the shoulder and said, you should maybe think about seminary. So she's been with us for quite a while now and knows our church very well. And I am grateful for this because this allows the Holy Spirit to use her, I think, in unique ways to speak truth uh, to our church. So let me pray for her as she comes forward. Join me, church. God, we lift now your servant, Remelia, to you. We thank you, Holy Spirit of the living God, that you have given her everything that she needs now for this task of preaching. She lacks nothing in you. You have given her your word, the scriptures, to study, to meditate on. You have given her the Holy Spirit of God to fill her and to speak your words. You have given her a new identity in Jesus, a new name, a new legacy. And so she has been given everything she needs. And now we ask that she would speak with courage and with boldness, with sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. And now, Holy Spirit, open our 
hearts and minds to you. We seek not information, but transformation today. Renewed lives for the work that you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the story of an enduring faith. And we're going to start out by reading Hebrews 12, 1 through 13. And if you have your scriptures, if you could open them and stand to honor the reading of the word. I'm going to read the first three verses with you, and then I'm going to drop out, but please continue through verse 13. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so, so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may have your seats. Pray with me, church. Father, we come to you now just um, saying thank you, God, for this moment and for this opportunity to come into your presence and to break forth the word of God, to look into your word and to say, what what thus saith the Lord to me this morning? And so, God, I ask that your Holy Spirit will be present in this place. God, I can speak words that are very eloquent, but they will fall flat on the floor unless they have the power of your Holy Spirit to guide them. And so, Lord, I ask this morning that you would be present in the hearts and lives of every child of God that is in this place under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would now begin to work in their hearts, oh God, that your Holy Spirit 
Spirit would be softening their hearts to receive this word that you have declared for them to hear this morning. God, take the words that I speak and translate them into the language of the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl that is present here today. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empty me, O God. Hide me behind the cross that Jesus Christ today might be the center of all attraction. Father, I thank you for um, the gift of, of speaking. I thank you for this opportunity to speak life into your children. In the name of Jesus the Christ, I pray. Amen. In 2005, I became a marathoner. I started training for my first race in May of that year, not really believing that my body could move a distance of 26.2 miles without the assistance of four wheels and unleaded fuel. But I started training with the mindset that I would go as far as my body allowed me to go, and no matter the ultimate distance, it would be an accomplishment I had never achieved. I did endure that 26.2-mile race, and that life-changing experience has strengthened my faith journey in so many ways that I want to share some of those experiences with you today as we talk about the story of an enduring faith. The story of an enduring faith. If you have ever showed up on the sidelines or in the race for the Chicago Marathon, you know that the runners are a cast of characters. You might see runaway brides in wedding gowns, Fred and Wilma Flintstone, the Incredible Hawk, superheroes, Michael Jackson, or even Elvis Presley running. These costume runners provide comic relief for tired muscles and fatigued feet. But the most intriguing characters to me are the people showing up at the race with t-shirts on that tell their story. They show up at the race ready to endure for their cause. Some t-shirts declare a person's name. Others want you to acknowledge that today is their birthday. Some want you to know that they are 80 years old running a marathon. But no, it is always an energy booster to get past that t-shirt or leave the race feeling like a complete loser. (laughs) But some t-shirts share that a runner is inspired to run for AIDS awareness or cancer research. Others are inspired to run in memory of a child or grandmother who has just died. And even if it isn't written on their t-shirt, I believe that everyone out there has a story. And that story causes them to show up at the starting line and endure to the finish line. Much like those wearing t-shirts, Jesus had a story. Jesus knew that story, and like those t-shirts, he told his story. A young Jesus told his parents after their frantic search for him, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I would be in my father's house about my father's business? Jesus told his disciples that he would suffer, die, and be buried, and that he would be resurrected on the third day. Jesus prophesied to the religious people in the synagogue, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Then he declared that today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What was Jesus doing in telling these stories? Jesus was declaring the word of God as truth for his life. 
And I submit to you today that Jesus could endure because he knew his story. Jesus could endure the cross because he knew the end of the story. And as we work our way through the text this morning, I want you to ask yourself, what is my story? What am I telling myself and others about my story? Does your story start something like this? Once upon a time, there was a failure of a man named Joe. What's your story? I keep following up and I will never get it right. What's your story? Things will always be this way. Nothing will ever change. I may as well get used to existing like this. What's your story? I am stuck between a rock and a hard place and there is no God, man, boy, or girl that can change my situation. What's your story? My enemy is too powerful for me to conquer. I guess I will just hang in there. What's your story? I'm not good enough to be loved rightly, so I will just take what I can get. What's your story? I know I'm existing in a state of depression, but there's nothing I can do about it. What's your story? I have been praying about this, but God hasn't answered me yet, so he must not care about me. What's your story? I know God has his ways and his timing, but I'm tired of waiting, so I will just do it my way. What's your story? What sick, sad, false story are you telling yourself? You need to know your story because the story you are telling is the story you are living Rewind, press, play. You need to know your story because the story you are telling is the story that you are living. And today I have come to tell you that you can endure by living your story, by telling your story, and by being your story. But only if your story tells the truth. Adjust your perspective, recreate your story, and make it tell the truth. And the truth is, before God formed you in your mother's belly, he knew you. God is all-knowing, endure. Jesus said, even the hairs of your head are counted, so do not be afraid. You are of value than many sparrows. God cares about you, endure. David cried, you have put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your record? Did you know that God is near enough to catch your tears? Endure. You are not your own. You were bought for a price. God values your life. Endure. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. God has purpose for your life. Endure. The Bible says that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for yours. God loves you. Endure. I can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. God gives hope. Endure. David laments, though my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And likewise, Isaiah declares, though a mother may forget, God has engraved you on the palm of his hand, and he will never forget. God has not forgotten about you. Endure. The truth is, when you pass through the waters, God will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. God is protecting you. Endure. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. God is near those with a sorrowful heart. 
endure? What is your story? Are you telling of an enduring faith or a failing faith? Endure by finding out what God has to say about your situation and make that your truth. And the truth shall set you free. Hebrews 12 verses 1, 2 through say, And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. And let us run with, with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. So this morning, we are going to focus our eyes on Jesus. This life continues to tell us the story of an enduring faith. Let us focus our eyes on Jesus and learn how he was able to endure the cross. And thus see how we might also be able to endure the trials that we might be facing. Now, I know I look 16, but I have lived enough life to know that we are all in one of three stages in life at every moment in time. We are on our way into a storm, we're in the midst of a storm, or we've just been delivered from a storm. Jesus says it like this, in this world you will have trials, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And so if this message doesn't pertain to you today, I encourage you to put it in your back pocket because you just might need it up the road. But there are here today some people who are in the midst of a trial. Some may be in a space of trying to endure a rough season in their marriage. Others may be trying to endure a season of grief, depression, or marital separation. Others might be trying to endure a tragic medical diagnosis, theirs or that of a loved one. Still others might be trying to endure a life of singleness while desiring to be married. Some may be enduring a season of waiting for an answer or test results. Some may be enduring loneliness, unemployment, isolation, fear, or even God's silence. If you have come this morning sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you have come this morning worn out from waiting on a breakthrough in some area of your life, you have been sent here this morning for an encouraging encounter with Emmanuel, God with us. So let's go deeper. What does Jesus' story tell us about an enduring faith? Jesus' story first tells us that he was confident in God's will and plan for his life. Jesus was confident in God's will and plan for his life. In the 12th chapter of John, Jesus tells the people, For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus was clear that God had a plan for his life. Because he was confident that there was an ultimate plan, because he knew that pain, rejection, and betrayal could not thwart the plan of God, because he knew that no matter what happened in his life, God was ultimately in control, Jesus was able to endure. I think I want to say that one one more time. Because he knew that pain, rejection, and betrayal could not thwart the plan of God. Because he believed that no matter what happened in his life, God was ultimately in control. Jesus was able to endure. Our scripture says that but for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. 
What was that joy? That joy was in filling his life's intended purpose. That joy set before him was pursuing God's plan for his life. Pastor David told us last week that we are that joy that was set before him. We were the joy before him as he journeyed to the cross. We, you, and I were on his mind as he endured that painful journey. But he didn't take on the cross in a spirit of humility for the sake of being remembered as a humble person. No, he humbly endured his journey because he was confident that it was part of a good plan that God had purposed for his life. That plan was for Jesus to be the sacrifice for the salvation of your soul. But let's be clear. The purposes of God don't always give us a warm and fuzzy feeling inside. Sometimes the plan of God... The cup we are called to drink is bitter and distasteful to us. If you think that some of the painful scenes in your life should have been left on the editing floor, shout amen. Amen. Our text in verse 11 says it this way. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Romans 5 says it like this. We boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. James says it like this, when you face trials of any kind, consider it pure joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Let us know that though his road was painful, Jesus endured the cross, came through, scarred, but victorious. Jesus came through scarred, but victorious. In the upper room after the resurrection, Jesus asked the disciples to touch him in his side. Of course, we can assume that the moment of infliction of that wound was painful, but we see Jesus here on the other side of his trial, able to boast of its inability to overtake him. He boasts that the plan and purposes of God had the final say. He boasts that the traps of the enemy did not work and could not work. Because Jesus was confident in God's plan and will for his life, victory was his as he endured the cross. And likewise, we may come through our trial with scars, emotional scars, physical scars, maybe even relational scars. But let these be a testimony, not of defeat, but to what was overcome. Let these scars be a testament to what God enabled you to endure. Let these scars give glory to your father who brought you out. I admonish you today, my friends, don't hate your scars. Your scars are a testimony of the greatness of your God to redeem, the ability of your God to heal, the promise of your God to set free, the power of your God to give life, and the proof that your God does deliver. If anybody in the building knows that God, shout glory. What else? What else does Jesus' story tell us about how to endure? Jesus' story tells us that in order to endure, we must stay in communication with the Father. 
In order to endure, we must stay in communication with the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we find Jesus crying out in pain and frustration. God, does it have to work this way? God, do I have to drink this bitter cup? But he ultimately proclaims after travailing in prayer, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Prayer centers his focus back on the plan and purposes of God. He recognizes his human propensity to want to avoid the pain and bitter cup. But communication with his father turns his face toward faith in God's ultimate plan and timing. In order to endure, we must persevere in prayer. I am reminded of Jesus having a heart-to-heart talk with Peter. Peter! Satan desires to sift you like wheat. Wow, that that sounds pretty dreadful. But don't worry, Peter, don't worry. I have prayed for you. That sounds pretty awesome, right? Jesus praying for me, that sounds pretty awesome. But wait, do you know Do you know what he prayed over Peter? Did Jesus pray that Peter would have a perfect life free of pain and sorrow? Mm -mm. Did Jesus pray that Peter would not have to, that Peter would not have to endure any trials? Mm -mm. Did Jesus pray that Peter would be hidden so the enemy could not find him? Nada. Jesus prayed that Peter's faith would not fail in the midst of his trials and hardship. He didn't pray that Peter would be taken out of the storm, but that in the midst of the storm, he would have what he needed to survive. Peter, I have prayed that your faith would not fail. Insert your name in the place of Peter's. Lisa, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying that your faith would not fail. Renee, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying that your faith would not fail. Christine, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying that your faith would not fail. When life calls us to face difficulty and pain, do we pray, God, deliver me? Or do we pray, God, change me and mold me to your perfect will? When life leads us to obstacles and adversity, do we cry out to God looking for the nearest exit? Or do we pray, help me endure this storm? When life challenges us with its setbacks, do we cry out for a right now deliverance? Or do we ask for God's presence and strength to help us endure? As I ran that first marathon, I hit a wall somewhere around mile 23 or 24. In runner's language, that just means you reach a point where you believe you can't go any further. My mental drive to keep moving forward came to a screeching halt. In my mind, I was done running. I was completely over it. I mean, I had come really far without unleaded fuel. I was done. The race was over for me. 
And at this point, I was completely off pace and started leisurely walking in a daze. I was not sure that my body would allow me to go any further. So I began praying. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. Forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press toward the mark. God, if I'm able to finish this race, you are going to have to give me your strength because mine has come to an end. So I begin again. And by the time I reached mile 25, I got what we call my second wind. Wikipedia defines second wind as, quote, a phenomenon in distance running whereby an athlete who is too out of breath and tired to continue suddenly finds the strength to press on at top performance with less exertion, end quote. And that was exactly my experience. Out of nowhere comes this energy to run as if I'm at the starting line full of adrenaline and drive. Amazingly, this second wind allows you to go longer and further than you thought just minutes before. And doesn't prayer do that for us? Just when we have reached the end of our rope and declared that this is our stop, this is where we give up, God gives us a second wind. I don't think Wiki would define it this way, but I define that second wind as the Holy Spirit breathing new life into us so that we may endure our situation. Saints, in order to endure, we must persevere in prayer. So you may be saying, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. I need to endure, Ramelia. I hear you. I need to endure. But you don't know my situation. How do I endure in the midst of this painful circumstance that has me wedged between a rock and a hard place? How do I endure while I am completely overwhelmed? How do I endure when I'm overworked and underpaid? How do I endure when I am not sure how the bills are going to be paid next month? How do I endure when I know the right thing, but I keep doing the wrong thing? How do I endure when I am powerless to change my situation? Well, as we look to Jesus as an example of one who endured, we also see that Jesus found reasons to live on his journey to the cross. Jesus found reasons to live in the midst of his trial. When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus after he is betrayed by his buddy Judas, the disciple, a disciple gets violent and chops off the ear of the soldier's soldier servant. What does Jesus do? While being falsely condemned, he stops to heal the man's ear. Jesus is hanging on the cross, being chastised by criminals hanging on either side of him. What does Jesus do? He stops dying to proclaim salvation to one of these filthy sinners. Jesus can see the pain on his mother's face as he watches the humiliation and grueling death of her child. What does Jesus do? He provides for the welfare of his mother while nearing his final breath. I submit to you today that Jesus lived until he died. Jesus lived until he died. I submit to you that because Jesus continued to live and give while drinking his bitter cup, 
Because Jesus continued to live and give while carrying his cross, he was able to endure. And so I'm sorry, saints, today God didn't send me with a word of deliverance. But God has sent me with a word of encouragement for you. Last week, Pastor David listed seven things that we are called to endure as Christians. And one of those things that we are called to endure is sound teaching. And so that may sound to you, endure sound teaching. What does that mean? And Pastor David taught us last week that um, I'm going to give you an example of something that you may have done before. Lord, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. God, give me a word. I'm going to pick one. Jesus loves me, this I know. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, and the next day, Lord, I need a word, I need a word, I need a word. In this world, you will have trials. Okay, no, 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 let me try it again, let me try it again. Right? And so God has endured us, saints, to endure sound teaching. And so this morning, God says to you, my brother and my sister, that we are called to endure God is encouraging encouraging us this morning with a message of endurance. Endure by living in spite of the pain. Endure by giving while you are grieving. Endure by loving in spite of loneliness. Endure by reaching up to try again in spite of your relapse. Endure by helping others in the midst of your hopelessness. Living in spite of your circumstance, finding life-giving opportunities in the midst of your famine, there is where you will find power of endurance. Living in spite of your circumstance, finding life-giving opportunities in the midst of your famine, there is where you will find the power of endurance. In 1 Kings, we find a widow who found the power of endurance by living in spite of her circumstances. This woman was living during a famine, poor and existing in a state of depression. She was preparing to die and working on her last meal and testament. She no longer had help from a husband and she was hopeless. But her story made it into the Bible because she found the power of endurance. Along comes a prophet asking to be fed. How dare he ask me for help when I have so little? She tells the man of God, I only have a little oil and a little flour. The man of God asks her to take the little bit that she had to prepare a meal that she could share with him. By taking a risk and giving in the midst of her great need, she was able to endure This life-giving opportunity gave life right back to her. The end of her story is that she fed the prophet and then had enough food for her household until the end of the famine in the land. How is God asking you to give in spite of your situation? Maybe God is asking you to give of your time and attention. Maybe God is asking you to be a listening ear to someone who needs to be heard. Maybe, maybe you desire children and God is asking you to babysit for parents who need a break. Maybe God is asking you to mentor some youth that need direction. 
How is God asking you to give life while you are waiting on your breakthrough? Like Jesus, if we want to endure, we must find ways to live and give in the midst of our trials. God's word encourages us to have an enduring spirit. I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly endure. You shall live and not die endure. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint endure. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength endure. So take a new grip with tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but will become strong, endure. I'm done. The worship team can come forward. I want to leave you at this time with a personal testimony of endurance. Two weeks ago, uh, Peter Song came to us and preached a sermon entitled, So That You May Know. And he preached from the text of the lame man who was lowered down into the home where Jesus was teaching. And so there was this theological understanding that Jesus was giving to those that he taught. And then there was this miracle. God healed that lame man that was let down below into the home. And so there's theological understanding and there's the presence of miracle. And together they cause the people to believe that God is real. And so with that word, God has encouraged me today to share something that I don't want to share. But I'm going to be, um, I'm practicing obedience, church, pray for me. So um, some of you may or may not know before, um, um, before I uh, came into ministry, I was a real estate broker for about eight years. And as we all know, um, the real estate market eventually took um, a dive. And um, in the midst of that, I began to search for what is God calling me to do next. And so while working part-time as a real estate agent, um, I found a job within the educational services industry um, selling um, as, as a rep that is selling um, educational programs to Chicago public schools. And um, I worked for a, a number of different companies. And in 2009, um, in May of that year, I started to work for a company that um, would give me part-time work until the fall. And in the fall of that year, I was to become full-time. So somewhere about late fall um, of 2009, the Chicago Public Schools decided that they no longer wanted to have these, these programs um, in their schools. And so student educational services programs were um, cut. And so I was left again with um, outwork, and I was unemployed. And um, 
as my savings began to run out, I was unable to pay my mortgage. And my home went into foreclosure. In August of 2010, And so God called me to endure a season of uncertainty. But it was in this season of uncertainty that I learned how to trust and believe God in a way that I've never learned how to trust him before. It was during this season of uncertainty that God showed me That everything I have, everything I have belongs to him. And so regardless of what he does with that, whether he opens doors or closes doors or whatever he causes to happen in my life, it's for his purpose, it's for his plan, it's for his will. And that if I just keep moving forward, if I just keep following his voice, I'm in the right place. And so God's God's will doesn't always feel good. But there's nothing like the peace of knowing that I'm walking in the will of God. And it's a peace. It is a peace, saints, that I have never known before. So I am happy to report to you that about a week ago, I did sign paperwork to modify my loan to bring my home out of foreclosure. And so I could stand here and I could say God is good. But the truth is whether my home went into final foreclosure or whether God asked me to go, God is still good. God is still good. And so instead, I will say glory to God in the highest for helping me endure. Instead, I will proclaim, thank you, Jesus, for praying that my faith would not fail. Thank you, for Jesus, for standing beside me and praying that my faith would not fail. And so I stand here and I tell you that God is able. The the sermon that Peter Song preached, the title was, So That You May Know. And so I've given you theological understanding. And I've given you the miracle of God. And I pray that you would know that God is real. I pray that you would know that God is real. I pray that you would know that God has a plan for your life. I pray that you would know that God wants the best for you. I pray that you would know that in the middle of God's will is the best place for you. God is able to give you a faith that will not fail. God is able to give you the ability to endure. And so I'm done. I'm done here. But I I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray for those who feel like they need a second wind. There, you, you have come here today and you're in the midst of a trial. I don't know your story, your story, but you're in the midst of a trial and God is calling you to endure. And you're saying, God, I'm at the end of my rope and I don't know how to go forward. 
I don't know how to keep pushing. God, I need your help. And I want to pray for you. Um, we're a little shy in this congregation, so I won't ask you to come forward. But if, if we could bow all heads and close all eyes. I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to ask that, um, that you would just raise your hand with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. If you feel like you are in a place and space in your life where you just need God to breathe a second wind of life, can you just raise your hand? I see you. 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 Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. I have no other choice but to trust you, Lord. I'll trust you, Lord. Wherever you lead, I'll trust you, Lord. I have no other choice. I have no other choice. I have no other choice but to trust you. That's all I can do, Lord. That's all I can do, Lord, is trust you. So I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to trust you today. Just pour your heart out to God. Pour your heart out to God. The Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is here. What is the Holy Spirit, Romilia? The Holy Spirit is that thing deep down inside of you that, you know, when, when you're deciding, oh, should I go right or left, something told me that I should do this or something told me that I should do that. Or for some, for some, it may be a feeling down in your gut that God is speaking and pushing and moving. The Holy Spirit is present the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is, 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 is pouring into your souls now. And so if you can just pour out of your heart to God and tell him what you need, tell him what you need, tell him what you need, tell him what you need. And as you lay that before God, he's feeling you. He's feeling you. He's feeling you with the power to endure. I have no other choice but to trust you, Lord. I have no other choice, no other choice. I have no other choice. I have no other choice but to trust you. I, I have no other choice but to trust you. I want to trust you. I want to trust you. I want to trust you. Do it today, Lord Jesus. 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 Do it today. Give them the power to endure. The power to endure. The power to endure. The power to endure. Breathe new life, new life. 
thank you that you have sent today here these your people who have encountered your holy presence. God, I thank you right now that you have sent a word of encouragement. God, I thank you that you are God, Emmanuel. You are God with us. I thank you that in the midst of the pain, I thank you that God, when it's darkest, and when it feels like you're not by my side, when it feels like you can't hear me, when it feels like you can't touch me, right there, right there, you're there, you're there, right there, you're there, right there. Thank you, God, that you're right there. In the darkest place, in the loneliest hour, God, you are right there. There are some today, God, who have come who must endure your silence. God, help them to trust that when they can't trace your hand, they know your heart. And your heart, God, is that you know the plans that you have for us. And those are plans to prosper and not to harm us. Those are plans to give us a future and a hope. God has greatness in store. He's just calling you to endure. God wants to make you and mold you in a new way. God is not after your comfort. God is after your character. When God looks at you, he wants to see the reflection of his son, Jesus. And so he's molding you and he's making you and he's shaping you. God, do your work. 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 Submit your will. Submit your will. Submit your will. Submit your will. Give it up. Give it up. Endurance is easier when you give up your will. Jesus cried in the garden, God, does it have to, take, does it have to work this way? God, do I have to drink this cup? And he prayed and then he was able to say, not my will, God. God, it's going to hurt, but not my will. But your will be done, Father. Your will be done, Father. Your will be done, Father. Give it up, give it up, give it up. Submit now, submit your will, submit your will. Whatever you want, whichever way you want me to go, God, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, God, I'll do it. Whichever way you want me to go, God, I'll go. I'll trust you, I'll trust you, I'll trust you, I'll trust you. Pray, tell your Father that you will trust him. You remove from the altar of your life idolatry. Everything that you have been idolizing and saying that you needed more than you need God, take it down from the altar now in the name of Jesus and declare that that is a place that you will reserve for God. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I have no other choice. No other choice. I submit to you. 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 I have no other choice. I have no other choice. I have no other choice. Sure.
more time. for worshiping with us today. Thank you for worshiping with with us today. Um, At this time, if you um, feel as though you would like to be prayed for, if you want to come up to um, have either myself or Pastor David or a member of our prayer team, if one of them could come forward, if you would like to have us to pray for you, meet us us at the cross and we can do that for you. If you can maintain an an attitude of worship um, as uh, you that would be great. I leave with you these words of Paul to the Romans. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. May the Lord make his his face to shine upon you and grant you the grace to endure your trials. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and grant you, my brothers and sisters, the grace to endure your trials. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. And all of the people of God said, amen. Amen.